When Mary Shelley's novel Frankenstein emerges from a ghost story competition uh, held uh, in Switzerland, uh, uh, Lord Byron in Lake Geneva, Lake right. Geneva. Um, Lord Byron, Polidori, a, a medical friend of theirs, and, and Mary Shelley, and the story came to her in a, in a dream, apparently. Uh, and it is, I think it's probably fair to say, one of the most over-determined novels in the English language, um, uh, not least because there's, there's so many biographical resonances to it, but also so many uh, political and literary uh, meanings. One can ex uh, extract from this idea of, of a monster uh, being created out of good intentions, but then that goes on this on a, uh, on a, on a journey of, of, of self-discovery and education and then eventually violent rampage. Um, so people read this in terms of, of the, the Godwin Shelley family history, they read it in terms of Mary Shelley's engagement with her father's political ideas, the monster as, as political justice. Um, but irrespective of, of whatever take or whatever slant one takes on the novel, uh, it was an enormous success when it was published in 1818, uh, uh, anonymously uh, at that point. Uh, it went on to, there was a stage production in 1823, uh, which was also tremendously successful. Uh, and it's a novel which um, um, uh, has never been out of print, has it? Has never been out of print, and that's yeah. one way to think about extraordinary. Uh, thinking about the, the the magnitude of this very slim slim novel, and the hold it's taken on, on the imagination of of, of of both the academy uh, and, and and the general public. And it has it, it has features in common with Godwin's novels, perhaps mostly the the ambiguity about whether we think the monster is monstrous or whether we think. Dr. Frankenstein is really the monster. Uh, and it is that sense of the ambiguity and the mistakes that it's very easy for people to, to make that lead them into a kind of train of action that they can't stop this kind of process. That's sort of a central part of the kind of Godwin novelistic inheritance that she's, she's drawing on. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a, you know, Pretty impressive that you write a novel that, you know, in 2011 and 12 was basis for a national theatre production, uh, you know, with Ben Cumberbatch and Johnny Miller. Uh, and, I mean, at the same sort of six or nine months later, you get Helen Edmondson's sort of Mary Shelley, which is also picking up themes about um, Godwin's relationships. Uh, with uh, Wollstonecraft, with Shelley, but also bringing in the, the kind of the, the monster at the end. Uh, it's, you know, these are very powerful kind of works uh, that retain a very you know, potent impact uh, on the kind of 21st century imagination. Godwin's daughter wrote Frankenstein. Um, so if you put this into the search engine for the diary, it comes up with about 12 entries. This seems rather a lot. Why did he write a lot about it? So the entries, I guess, are roughly sort of uh, three major kind of periods. First of all, Godwin was quite uh, involved in reading this draft of Frankenstein and making suggestions, because it would be impossible for Godwin to read anything without making some suggestions mm -hmm. about how he might improve it. Um, 
And uh, so he did that around kind of 1817. Uh, he also uh, had an impact on the kind of second edition of Frank Frankenstein, which he, he'd been reading. And he goes to the theatrical performance of the play because they made a play out of Frankenstein and, uh, and he went to that. I mean, he also read it on a number of occasions. And my sense is Godwin was inordinately proud of Mary Shelley's achievement. He thought it was you know, uh, real evidence that you know, she was precisely a, a, someone exceptional like himself who had things that she could impart to the world. Now, it has to be said that Frankenstein itself has some quite complicated relationships to Godwin. I mean, remember, Mary Shelley wrote it after this long period in which Godwin wouldn't talk to her wouldn't communicate with her, uh, in which she was sort of rejected for her choice of a, of a mate. Uh, there's sort of, there are very deep psychological waters at work in kind of Frankenstein. In many respects, Vic, Victor Frankenstein could have been modeled on Godwin. Uh, this is somebody who thought that it was possible to go further into kind of the advancement of knowledge that could sort of step out of the ordinary kind of world and, and, and do really extraordinary things and come to, to kind of extraordinary conclusions and in the process of that create a monster. Uh, and there's a sense that Mary Shelley herself has a sense of herself as monstrous. Her mother's, you know, she kills her mother on being born uh, and so never knows her mother. She's got this one father figure to whom she relates. She didn't get on at all well with her stepmother. Uh, so the, the psychological dynamics of Frankenstein actually mirror some of the very complicated relationships that, that existed within the kind of Godwin household. Uh, nonetheless, I think I, I'd be very surprised if Godwin didn't recognise quite a lot of that. And some of the issues it raises are similar to issues that Godwin himself raised in his second major novel, St. Leon, about a man who develops the philosophical stone that allows him to... You know, achieve immortality and so on, and you get exactly the same kinds of uh, problems developing. But he, despite, I think, recognising that there's an element in Frankenstein that's sort of a commentary on his own relationship with his creation, uh, uh, that is Mary Shelley, uh, he, he just, he's just so proud of her. Um, I mean, uh, that said, it doesn't stop her him badgering her for money, because uh, he was desperate for it. It doesn't stop him sort of trying to tell her what to do left, right and centre. Uh, uh, and he doesn't, I think, ever really realise just how hurt she was by that period of estrangement and by you know, Godwin's sort of uh, reaction to some of her kind of d domestic kind of crises. So... Uh, after she'd written Frankenstein, they, she and Shelley went off to Italy and uh, her son, William, named for his father, uh, for her father, uh, died uh, and she became very depressed. And Godwin wrote her a letter in which she's, he basically says, look, pull yourself together. So a child of three has died. Uh, but you know, your you know your purpose in life is more important than this. I didn't think you were one of those ordinary people that would just collapse under kind of domestic pressures. You have to get out there and, and kind of write. And it's very interesting that the, the next thing she writes is the novel Matilda, which is about uh, 
a woman whose father reappears after 17 years of absence and who she lives with and he then develops incestuous kind of desires for her uh, and it all it falls to pieces uh, in, in a very bad way. She sent Godwin the manuscript uh, and Godwin is so horrified that he refused to give it back to her. Uh, but he didn't burn it. It remained in the kind of papers. Uh, but it's, I think it's testament to the difficulties of some of their kind of relationships, but also the intensity of the relationship that he had with her. <laughs>